Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, hey, it's Joe. I'm here too. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm um, excellent. I I had a, sent a bunch of orders. I prepped them, so those are going to go out today. So if you order jewelry, um, by the time this episode drops, you should have it. So I had a lot of orders too this time, so I was really excited. Awesome. That's yeah. What about you? How are you? Good. Finished up the weekend. We had a tea party for Sophia's birthday. Cute. Yeah, it was cute. But because it was her and her friends. So then my friend Brandy came over and my sister came over and we were talking about it. We're like, we didn't really get to enjoy the tea party. So we're going to throw our own grown, <laughs> grown up girl tea party. <laughs> <laughs> right. That would be super fun. Yeah. <laughs> Did it include was it was it like tea and, and snacks and stuff? Yes. Yeah, so we had tea and different cookies and snacks and then I made sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I went to a really good brunch place this weekend in, in Vancouver, which is right across the river from Portland, mm-hmm. which is such a cute freaking Vancouver's awesome. I love Vancouver. I love downtown Vancouver. So, mm. yeah. um, but that was brunch was good. So what'd you have? Um what oh i had a blt a brunch blt so it was like um it was on sourdough which i'm not a fan of sourdough so i asked for it on wheat so it was wheat and like a shit ton of avocado and bacon just a couple strips so it wasn't a ton of bacon it wasn't like overpowering which was good um you know lettuce tomato um it was garlic aioli which i would i asked for it on the side because i'm like i don't know what that is (laughs) it's just it's just garlic mayo (laughs) right aioli is just another word for mayo it really is and i'm like "Uh, i don't trust that these some of these chefs don't try to get all fucking bougie with it Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i asked for it on the side and it was freaking delicious it was black garlic aioli Mm. freaking delicious um so i of course put that on and then it (laughs) came with um like roasted potatoes and um I think that was it. It was really, it was oh, really, really good. good. And then I had a Bloody Mary with it. So lovely brunch for my friend Chris's birthday. That's cool. Yeah. You know what? That sounds great. That sounds like, that sounds like a good plan. I oh, love yeah. brunch. Yes. <laughs> brunch is so good. <laughs> yeah. And I was full the entire day. Like, <laughs> I wasn't hungry until probably like six, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yep. So what's new with you? What happened? With, what else? What else is happened this weekend? Um, let me see. I got out of jury duty. I manifested this. So oh. I got, yeah, I got a summons and I was like, shit. Um, and I said to the universe, I was like, I don't really want to go. I think I remember I told you this off. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I think I'm going to say I have COVID. But then like I got a message in the, in, in my mailbox that said, um, yeah, you're, you've been dismissed. And I'm like, so wait. Oh, nice. I, I didn't want to do that. You got to go downtown. You got to pay for parking. You know, you know, I can't schedule anything that day, so I don't get paid. And I don't have an employer that yeah. pays me for jury duty. So, yeah, I don't uh, think you should be required to go to jury duty if you are self-employed. And also, uh, right? Why isn't it a job? Uh, excuse me, you uh, are talking about that freaking TikTok ju- ju- jury duty. Yeah, because, okay, I understand that there's some level of like where you would fear that there could be corruption, right? Mm -hmm. But if you just had, I don't know, random selection of jury of jury duty members so that they couldn't be necessarily bribed or whatever ahead of time because you wouldn't know who was going to be who's going to be on the jury. And I mean, and what's to stop anyone from bribing a juror now? So I don't know. Uh if, if someone wants to have a discussion about this, I'm open, but I don't, I think and, it's stupid. And, and it, check out the freaking TikTok on 
about this dude because when he does it himself, it's not that funny. But when other people are reacting to him, it's yeah. freaking hilarious. Yeah. I watched it like four times. I'm like, jury doodery. You're you're stupid. Shut up. But you it's, make really good points. It is funny. No, I know the part where he's like, have you met my peers? They're <laughs> kind of stupid. It's like, yeah, a jury dumb, of my peers. Says. Like, that's fucking dumb. I like, <laughs> have you seen the people I went to high school with? <laughs> It was so good. Oh my God. I know. I know. Right. It's, it's super dumb. And honestly, I'm not, I'm, I'm under no, um, illusion that my bias, my personal bias would not play heavily into any, come on. Of course it's going to play heavily. You know, um, we are shaped by our experiences. We are shaped by our experiences, our beliefs, our political beliefs and all that shit. Um, okay. Speaking of, um, Taylor Swift, right? Uh-huh. She's causing all sorts of ruffled feathers within <laughs> the MAGA community. Um, so Wait, I, how did it piss off the MAGA people? Uh, d- dude, because she's telling Dems, mm-hmm. do you oh, know? To vote, she, to register to vote. Uh-huh. Yes, she, okay. like 30,000 young people she got registered to vote. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm yes. so proud of her for using her platform for good. And yeah. she's so passionate about it. Listen, I have never been a T-Swift fan. I've been like, I don't, I don't care. Right. Like I thought yeah. the first time she sang to Tim McGraw was cool. But other than that, I'm like, she's just another blonde pop star. Like, what do I care? Right. Sure. I've got Brittany. I don't need another one. But, <laughs> but once I realized that she was actually, um, you know, just using her platform for good and she's got a really good heart and she's just a mm-hmm. good person. Yep. I don't care about all her breakups and all that crap. I love her. I love yeah. her. So I'm not a Swifty. I'm, I'm not going to go that far, but I do love her. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I, I just posted a thing on Facebook, my personal face, my personal Facebook page, mm-hmm. Um. you know, that it was pissing MAGA off and blah, blah, blah. And then one of my other friends said, I don't tell me the story. I don't know. And I, um, proceeded to describe um, MAGA people as dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Dumb and ignorant. Right. Well, someone who has only, has never commented on my page, she's the wife of a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, she's She never interacts with me. I don't think I've talked to her in years. Yeah. Um, she just took the opportunity to go off on me to say that she's tired of being called stupid. And I'm like, first off, you know, uh, who the fuck, who, who the audacity of the, the caucasity, <laughs> you don't get to come and tell me what I get to do and post on my, on my page. Uh, what the fuck? I Hello. was like, what? And, and so anyway, it turned into a big old argument and then her husband got off work. <laughs> And then he he jumped in. Who I actually do like him very much, but um, fuck you. <laughs> I, I you know I haven't talked to you in a very long time, years and years and years and years. I don't give a fuck if you are not my Facebook friend. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that that I don't. I'm not trying to defend myself, but I don't care if people unfriend me because if you don't talk to me, if I don't talk to you, if we don't text and, and, or we don't have a relationship, we don't have a relationship. I'm not collecting numbers on Facebook. I don't give a fuck what you think, or if you like me, or if you don't, I don't care. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll post what the fuck I want. And I, I loathe MAGA. I loathe MAGA and what MAGA stands for and all that stuff. Um, and people that don't, are people that are not affected by their bias, racist policies. Yeah. And end of story, right? End of story. Yes. A white cis male. 
mm-hmm. or a white cis female who doesn't plan on having children, mm-hmm. you are not affected by any racism, bigotry, bias, you know, restrictive, oppressive policies. You're yeah. not. And therefore, yeah. you are all for it. It's easy for you to be all for it. Yep. It's easy for you to be all for it. And that's great. But what you're doing is there's two categories. You either you don't give a fuck about your fellow human being and their mm-hmm. civil liberties mm-hmm. or you're oppressed by it. So therefore, if you're a MAGA supporter, I don't give a fuck if you don't like me. Yeah. And you're not going to tell me what to post. And I'm going to post it as often as I want. I try not to because people don't want to hear about politics and, you know, all the time. But I'll tell you what, when I <laughs> when I feel like it, don't fucking come on my page and tell me not to because I'll, I'll post more. <laughs> Like, oh, you don't like that? Well, then you're really not going to like this one. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> anyway, so that was the debacle there. And um, she unfriended me. He did not. I, I again, <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> Sometimes the trash takes itself out. So I think, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, that's, that's, that's what happened um, since the last time we talked. But there's something even bigger in the works that's go- that's about to come up here pretty soon. What could that be? Uh, well, we have the election and we have eclipse season. No. What? It's almost your birthday. Oh, it's almost my birthday. Yes. Uh, yes. Yay. <laughs> I spend so much time planning for Sophia's birthday that I, you know, then my friends are like, what do you want for your birthday? Peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> to be left alone. To be left alone. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but are you doing anything fun? You're going to go to dinner or? or- um, probably not probably not go to dinner because we have Santino has a game that day and uh we have uh we are going to go to a concert on Friday we're going to go see Incubus on Friday nice so serious music there yeah so hopefully we we can get together do something for dinner on the weekend it doesn't have to be on the exact day it's fine no do you think the kids are gonna get together all sneaky and do something for you no uh, do you need me to text Sophia like, <laughs> on the downloads? Be like, listen, your mom doesn't know anything about this. You can, but because they're to. they're not, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're, they're not be cre- creative, sneakily with manipulative. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be a great idea, Sophia, yeah, you know, <laughs> because be cool. she's got that heart in her, right? I mean, yes, she does. She mm-hmm. does. And when she was smaller, like she has made me breakfast before and, and mm-hmm. done that kind of stuff. It was funny because I remember one year they had made me breakfast and then they come in, uh, they bring it to me in bed and and then they proceed to eat it with me. (laughs) Do they make enough for three people? (laughs) No, they made enough for me. And then they're there eating my bacon and trying to have some of my eggs. And I'm just like, what what is this? What are we doing? (laughs) Why didn't you make your own? Why did you make some for yourself too? Yeah, so oh, that's cute though, right? Yeah, I mean, it was cute. It was all cute. right. Well, th- wouldn't that be sweet if they did it like this time too? Like be the last time when two of your babies, and, you know, yes, happen. I mean, yeah. Um, all right. Well, happy birthday, um, everybody. Wish happy f- f- uh, Fia happy birthday. Of course, you know I'm gonna make a big deal out about about it in the group. Which by the time this drops, it'll be well, over. it'll be well, be yeah, a couple weeks past. But uh, you got announcements. What's what's coming up? What do you got going on? I have two workshops coming up. I have two workshops going on at Raincross District in downtown Riverside. I have October 20th, the Connecting with Ancestors workshop 
um, connecting with ancestors workshop will likely also be an online class. I will just have to take the time to record it and then make it a downloadable purchase from my website. Uh, just a note with connecting with ancestors, the class will go over how to do it regardless of whether or not you know your ancestry, regardless of what culture you come from. As we've discussed before, when we did the ancestral veneration episode last year, I think that was last year, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every culture has something in their history regarding ancestral veneration. So there, there'll be something for everyone. And yeah, so I hope, I hope you guys join. That's a good one. And uh, we'll be promoting that quite a bit in the group because I get, I've been getting a ton of people asking about ancestral veneration, mm. um, especially here in Portland, because they don't want to you know, misappropriate. misappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. and I'm like, well, you know, you, you can't really with ancestral veneration. I mean, you no, know, it's fine. Um, those are your ancestors um, to your culture. And there's various ways of doing that, even if it's praying. Yes. I will tell you that I um, I have been incorporating my grandma into my practices and talking uh-huh. to her and inviting her in and just magical stuff has happened. Oh, and it's like so cool that's very cool. Can I side note, segue really quickly too? This is a a good story because it's spooky season, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was at my friend Savannah's house the other night and she is witchy. She's into witchy stuff and she does spells and her entire house, there's a spell in every corner, right? (laughs) And I'm just like fascinated and I'm like, tell me about this, but you know me. I don't care. Or it's not that I don't care. I'm like, that's nonsense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) You know, mm -hmm. I just don't believe in that stuff. Well, Joanna is now a believer and now she's going to teach me like witchy stuff. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I need you to teach me this because, okay. So she had their friend dog sat for them while she Uh went, they went on vacation and her friend had a friend um, Mm -hmm. stay with them. Mm -hmm. And the friend, she's not real, a big fan of the friend. Right. But just, she's not very friendly. Okay. So when they got home, Savannah's wife was like, dude, you need to like come back home and like do something because you know, Oliver, the dog is freaking out and that's her, their bass at home. He keeps staring at the ceiling at this one corner, barking and growling and stuff. So Savannah gets home and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And she's like intuitive. She's a witch and everything. Yes. And she connects with this old lady that's there. And it was the lady's, um, it's the, she's the grandma of one of the two people that were there. Right. Oh, uh uh-huh. She had a, her crossing over wasn't awesome. And so she's Uh there to help make amends to this, this her granddaughter but her granddaughter is super super anti she's the type of person who says oh you believe in that crap oh okay <laughs> but she dog sits for witches but she dog sits for yeah okay all right so anyway so savannah you know she realized okay grandma's here grandma you gotta get the fuck out right and so mm-hmm. she does this thing where she takes this it's like a mason jar she fills it with water she puts some crystals in there and puts some um like some essential oil or something in there i don't even know what she put in there maybe a couple herbs i don't know but the point is, is that whatever she put in that glass would not cause it to turn black, the water to turn black. And I'm talking like bl- dark coffee. What? Girl, you know that water is dark. I took a picture of it too. Oh. It looks like dark coffee. And I'm like, I said, what, the, what is that? And she's like, that's the grandma. That's the negative energy that the grandma brought to the, it's, oh, it's not the grandma. Sh- it's her negative energy. I'm like, fuck you. Said that to her. I looked at her. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> She's like, I'm telling you. She knows I don't believe. And and I was like, oh, I, it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I'm like, all right, 
debunking, right? I'm mm-hmm. going through all the things, looking mm-hmm. to see what could do that. How many times have you put out water on your, as an, as, as an ofrenda, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has it ever turned black when you put crystals no. or anything in it? No. Never. Mm-mm. And that's what the Capricorn brain said. That's not logical. And I knew, I'm like, oh shit, that's negative, icky, icky mm. energy. So anyway, I thought that was extremely completely badass that I had tangible proof of mm-hmm. magic and I was like okay you need to teach me <laughs> yeah that's really cool the other thing one more thing one more thing real quick is that her wife wanted she she's a business owner and she needs to hire some people and so Savannah did a sugar spell for her um and it's you flip it and then mm-hmm. it's on and then you unflip it and blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. she called her because she wasn't getting any um any applicants in in Chelsea that's her wife is like I need you to flip the flip the thing because I'm not getting any applicants and then like a day later Chelsea's like called her and is like okay unflip it because now I've got way too many oh dude sugar oh. spell okay it's funny because I've done I've done a sugar jar spell that's like the probably the only one I ever did like I know I've told you I tried to get into Wicca and stuff when I was a kid. I was like 12 or 13. And that was like the one thing I did. It was a, it was a sugar spell. And uh, yeah, you put your crush's name in a jar with sugar and honey. And then you shake it when you want them to have like sweet yes. thoughts about you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and did it work? <laughs> no comments. No. <laughs> Okay, so listen, you we need to you need to take like learn from her with me, okay? okay or else I'll, I'll share, it. or we'll I'll bring you in on Zoom or something. But I'm in. Um, I am too because not like I'm going to turn into a witch or start doing spells, but I am going to start doing oh, stuff yeah. like hell yes, sugar spells, yeah. like for yes. for for opportunities yeah. with my jewelry and you know mm-hmm. the podcast opportunities, you know, and stuff like that. So, and she'd also be somebody really fun to have on the. Um, on the podcast as a um, you know just to talk to her about yes. her practices because she's a legitimate practicing witch and her shit actually produces results right very cool yeah and so I love yeah. it so anyway so I thought that was cool and perfect in time for spooky season yes yes all right what do you got going on um well j- I just want to do a little bit of Libra season guidance because we're kicking oh. it off and I pulled a card for the collective Okay. And I'm actually going to share this on the community page now so that people get it now, but they'll hear it in the podcast. So the card that I pulled for everyone, and this card flew out of the deck. And when that happens, I know, okay, that's it. It's the card number 33, which is a master number. Mm -hmm. And the card is chaos and conflict. And when it flew out, I was like, really spirit, that's the card that you want me to talk about today. But Uh Once I realized what that card meant, I was like, oh, that makes sense because we're going we're going into Libra season. In 1010, we have the 1010 energy portal. Yes. October 10th. Uh-huh. October 14th, we have the new moon eclipse in Libra. Yes. And then October 28th, we have the full moon eclipse in Taurus. Mm-hmm. So chaos and conflict makes perfect sense because chaos and conflict is about the chaos that happens in our lives before the order. Now the chaos may pertain to the eclipse and all of the shit that these eclipses are going to create the chaos that these eclipses may create in our lives. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But consider the value of chaos 
as serving you well. So the stuff that comes up in these in this eclipse season, I'm just, you know, sort of recommending that people look at the value in the lesson or in the challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's about leaving behind the parts of us that we no longer need. The picture on this card, and I pulled this from the Wisdom of the Oracle um, deck, which most people have, mm-hmm. Um Card number 33, Chaos and Conflict. You can even look it up online to see it visually. Um, but it's a zebra. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's like a giraffe, but mm-hmm. then underneath is the zebra. And I'm not sure if the giraffe is turning into a zebra or the zebra is turning into a giraffe. I have no idea. But uh-huh. <laughs> it's um, reinventing yourself. It's the conflicts in your life that pop up externally are actually internal as well. Yes. And so this is about the storm will pass. Chaos leads to a reordering of things and conflict provides a way to see more than one side of a situation, whether it's Mm. emotional, mental, physical, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So this is a time to don't fight against it. Don't push back. It's a time to understand rather than be understood. Okay. It's also about prosperity and that circumstances around you might appear to be chaotic. Like you're not getting the thing that you've been manifesting, that sort of thing, but everything that's happening is sort of shaking things up. Okay. The the other thing, the the last thing that I want to point out about that is that it, this energy does really make you look at a different perspective. So as mad as I got about that that person going onto my Facebook page and saying, telling me what to do, don't don't tell us what to do. You know this. Mm-hmm. Afterward, I'm I'm okay with what I said because I reread mm-hmm. my my things and I'm like, well, I wasn't mean. <laughs> I wasn't right. you know nice, but I wasn't mean. I wasn't unkind. Um. And I did see, okay, I'm, I I do need to maybe next time, not immediately jump in, like maybe say, okay, tell me more, listen to the other person's perspective. Like that's something that I've always needed to work on as a Capricorn. I'm, I'm a fixed sign, right? Or I'm cardinal Mm -hmm. sign. Mm -hmm. So I'm very fixed sometimes in my, um, you know, my beliefs and my ideologies and stuff like that. So, and then that's the nine in me. If you have a nine in your chart, you are the humanitarian and mm-hmm. you can be polarizing at times because your opinions are so passionate and it's all about equality for everyone. And that's in my yeah. nine is my personality mm-hmm. or it's my expression. One of the two, I think it's my expression. Okay. So the lesson is, is that I maybe could have been more, a little bit more open to this MAGA person's grievances, although they're fucking always grievances specifically for my response, not necessarily to Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. change my idea about, I think that, you know, magas are idiots. (laughs) Anyway, that's the message. Now it's the chaos and conflict. This eclipse season is coming and I'll have lots of posts in the group about it just to keep people, help people stay focused through it. Yeah. Um, We'll see. I don't know. I don't really feel like too affected by eclipse seasons, but, but I do think they're interesting. We'll see Libra because it's in Libra season. I mean, I don't, I don't want anything crazy and chaotic <laughs> to happen to you, but I'm just saying. I am laying low though. I'm not doing a ton, so we'll we'll figure it out. We'll see. Uh, what do we got going on for? What's going on with the uh, our retreat? Our retreat is now open. Yay! This is our 2024 retreat, the Quantum Consciousness Retreat: Next Level Quantum Practices for Healers, Mystics, Seekers, and Alchemists. This will be taking place in Desert Hot Springs, California, adjacent to Joshua Tree National Park. And this will be on Tuesday, March 19th through Friday, March 22nd, 2024. And registration is now open. You can see all the details, payment options, 
list of all the activities on our website, esotericspodcast.com slash events. Um, and I think we only have nine spots available. So get in if you want it. And the earlier you get in, the longer you're able to take advantage of the payment plan, which is actually really affordable. Yeah. All right. What are we going to talk about today? Today, we are talking about the mummies of Guanajuato, Mexico. So in Spanish, we know them commonly as Las Momias de Guanajuato. And this story, I am so excited to tell you because I had no idea any of this. <laughs> I just knew that there were mummies on display in Mexico. And that's <laughs> all I've ever known my whole life. So now you know the you know the dates. I do. I know the details. Yes. And uh, I'm going to share them with you. OK, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to get comfy. All right. So let me take you to Mexico. <laughs> picture it. Sicily, picture, no, Mexico. Pic, 19. Picture it. In the city of Guanajuato, Mexico, a beautiful Mexican town with colonial Spanish architecture, a silver mining history, and sites related to the Mexican Revolution. Here you'll find Baroque churches, narrow cobblestone streets, and picturesque candy-colored houses. But the biggest tourist attraction in this central Mexican town is rather morbid. It is an underground museum of 100 mummies. A hundred? That's a lot. Yeah. 111 to be exact. But yeah. Of course it is. One, one, one. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So first, let's talk about like what mummies actually are. Right. So the word mummy descends from the Persian mum meaning wax or mummia, something impregnated with wax. And then from the Arabic mummia, spelled M-U-M-I-Y-A, a substance used for embalming. Mummy mm. is the name given to the corpses of human beings or animals that due to natural circumstances or through embalming have remained in an acceptable state of preservation long after death. Okay. So, however, the notion of a mummy most recognized by the public is that of a corpse embalmed or prepared with the specific intention of preserving it as long as possible, usually for religious reasons like the ancient Egyptians. Yeah. It is not a coincidence that in this case, though, since corpses are very rarely remain incorrupt on their own because the conditions for their natural preservation are fortuitous and scarce. The Guanajuato mummies that we're going to talk about today are natural since they did not go through a conservation or embalming process and their state of mummification is explained by the lack of exchange of oxygen and the humidity within the outside of the drawers. All right, so let's talk about the origin of this museum and how it got here in the first place. Okay. So in the 1830s, the world was gripped by a cholera epidemic, oh. causing death rates to spike across the globe. And at this time, health officials were still unsure of how the disease spread, which is typical, and many <laughs> became sick as a result. In Mexico City alone, at least 5% of the population died from the 1830s cholera outbreak. So, you know, pandemics are not new. No. Mm -mm. So Guanajuato, which is a city several hours north of Mexico, began to run out of room in their underground cemeteries for all the bodies. So instead, they started interring them in newly made above ground crypts. Okay. And then some time passed. And the cholera epidemic was mostly forgotten. And this is where taxes and capitalism step in. Mm. 
1861, the local government imposed a burial tax on anyone that wanted to continue perpetual care for the graves of their relatives buried long ago, or they would lose the right to their crypts. So this was a one-time fee of 170 pesos, which is $9 or in today's money, $162 um, or 50 pesos a year for three years. And, and this is 1861, right? Yes. So these people were going house to house being like, pay your taxes, bitch. Yes. Or we dig up the corpse of your loved ones. Well, what were they going to do with it? If Because I'd be like, well, wait a minute. What are you going to do with it? Because if yeah, they, they dig them up and then just leave it. So if the tax was not paid, the dearly departed would be disinterred and stored in a nearby warehouse which is were actually underground catacombs underneath the cemetery at no cost no they would just but they would just sit there <laughs> so that's so that's basically how this whole thing got started all right well just call me the 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 uh, i don't know what you can call me but i'm not i'm not super mad about that i'd be like just put them on a shelf right that's just... what the catacombs are <laughs> you know this is exactly why i don't want to be buried okay because i'm like what are you gonna do later on when you run out of room me either right <laughs> yeah put, yeah plant on, put me burn me and then sprinkle me on a tree so this law was on the books for 95 years before being repealed in 1958 during that period many of the deceased met this fate and then in 1865, graveyard workers began removing the bodies of people whose relatives couldn't afford to pay the fees or had no living family. And then once disinterred, the townspeople were shocked to see that the bodies were remarkably well-preserved. And in fact, they were mummified bodies, preserved corpses. Scientists have determined that the unique mineral-rich soil composition and the arid environment slash low-humidity weather of the 6,000 feet above sea level elevation of Guanajuato facilitated natural mummifications and kept the bodies from decomposing. Very cool. And then word spread and people began to arrive, paying a few pesos to the local cemetery workers to allow them to see the mummies in the catacombs of the cemetery. Capitalism. Exactly. <laughs> for decades, the mummies were propped against the walls and held up by ropes. <laughs> it gets worse, dude. It gets worse. I don't think that. I No, that's wrong. Okay, let, how worse no, does you, it get? You, you want to hear wrong? Visitors yes. could get as close as they wanted. Some tourists began breaking fingers <gasps> and toes off of the mummies to take home as a souvenir. That's an awful souvenir. I, the smell alone. What is wrong with people? What? Why? Other <laughs> tourists swiped the mummy's name tags as souvenirs and they robbed them of their identities by doing <gasps> so. Oh, that's sad. Okay, so now I see. I, I'd rather pay the $9. Pay the $9. <laughs> How awful. <laughs> so this macabre practice continued for 90 years. Oh, my God. That's a long time. Yeah. Until 1958, they stopped allowing the tourists to go down in there and, and do this. But and then 11 years after that, in 1969, the city officially opened El Museo de las Momias de Guanajuato, the formal museum with admission fees that would generate income for the city of Guanajuato. The they need to 
generates money for the people <laughs> that lost <laughs> limbs. I know, poor people. Oh, my God. The corpses, which include babies, oh. were exhumed between 1870 and some sources say as late as 2004. Oh, my God. Yeah. Due to the lack of space in the local cemetery. So now let me tell you a few stories of the people who are on display today. Okay, so they're still on display. Yes, they are still on display. Oh you can go God. there today. Yes. Let these people put them back in the ground and let them... <laughs> Let them rest. Oh, my God. Let them rest. Okay. So the first mummy that was put on display in 1865 was the body of Dr. Remigio Leroy, who was a French doctor. Oh. But because he was an immigrant with no local family to pay the perpetual grave taxes, his was the first mummified body to be disinterred. Mm -hmm. Colonizer. So, you know. But, I mean, mm -hmm. he was a doctor, though. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. he didn't. I don't think he was, like, doing harm. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So uh, the next one is one of the mummies that was buried alive. Wait, what? Yes. So her name is was Ignacia Aguilar. She suffered from a strange sickness that made her heart appear to stop on several occasions. During one of these incidents, her heart appeared to stop for more than a day, for 72 hours, some reports say. So, thinking that she had died, her relatives decided to bury her quickly. And when she was disinterred, after I guess her family didn't pay the taxes or whatever, she was found facing down, biting her arm, and <gasps> there was a lot of blood in her mouth. Oh, no, poor lady. Oh, oh sad. Lady. Yeah. Poor lady. She probably starved to death. Or <sighs> hopefully, she had a, it was quick, right? I hope so. Oh, God, that's lady. awful. That's so awful. Uh, the museum is also known to have the smallest mummy in the world, a 24-week-old fetus from a pregnant woman who fell victim to cholera. That's really sad. It's very sad, and it's very tiny, so it's very sad. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the last one is a pretty fascinating story, and she's known as the Witch of Guanajuato. So now... I'm going to rekindle a little bit of the stories that we talked about last year during last year's spooky seasons. Okay. Because remember, all the witch stories kind of had one thing in common. Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. that they weren't fucking true. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> all right. So let me tell you about the witch of Guanajuato. First, her name was, the myth says that her name was Carmen. And that she was a very beautiful woman. And every day she looked in the mirror to admire her own beauty. She was hedonistic, envious, and selfish, and that her heart was so cold that she distanced herself even from her own family, which I'm like, maybe her family was rude. Uh, you don't know. <laughs> and you don't know. <laughs> Just because she likes looking at herself in the mirror, why does that make her hedonistic? She was confident and she had boundaries. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> she, today's Swifties would not put up with that. This narrative, yes. Narrative, no. But the elders say that Carmen had many of the most influential men in the mining city fooled, not only because she was beautiful, but because she also practiced occult arts. So she lived in a house in the area called Callejón de la Cabecita, which translates to, uh, hold on, I could do this. It is, uh, what's the, what's the area behind a house? The, not backyard? a walk. No. Uh, alley? 
an alley. It's called it's so it translates to alleyway of the little head, which is a really weird mm-hmm. <laughs> of the tiny head, which is a weird thing to mean <laughs> something, but whatever. <laughs> a few meters from the Santa Paula Pantheon, which is where most of these bodies originally came from. And it is said that she was expelled from the Pantheon on several occasions for getting caught collecting bones from corpses that she would use for her spells. Okay. Which I'm like, uh, I don't know. She's a witch. There are witch practices. There are things that must be done. So I don't see a problem so far. I see all of the, the, her being criticized. So yes, yes. I just see those critiques. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she lived comfortably and got everything she wanted or almost everything. But then the years passed and with it, the ravages of her old age were becoming noticeable. Uh, she was turning gray and wrinkles were already appearing on her face. God forbid a woman age. Uh, oh, she sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> little right, by right. little, she became an older woman. Men no longer impressed as before by her and her lovers had left. Hmm. So oh. Carmen drowned in resentment and fury and devoted herself to reviewing books and manuscripts to understand, in her opinion, the depth of the occult arts. And okay. then she decided to defeat time and with it old age. Mm-hmm. Legend says that one midnight in her house, she surrounded herself with symbols and she muttered litanies and with it cursed Jesus, Jesus, the Christ, imploring the arrival of the Prince of Darkness, the master uh-uh. of darkness and the one who could assure her life and eternal beauty. All right. Now she now <laughs> she's maybe crossed a line. right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All this to say, so allegedly she made a pact with the devil. And the next day, Carmen felt as if she had woken up from a dream and still intoxicated. She ran to the mirror to look at herself. She had once again been the most beautiful woman known on earth. <sighs> allegedly. Okay, then what happened? Okay, so then, however, far from attracting the people of Guanajuato, it provoked rejection because everyone was like, why is she suddenly young again? <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> yeah. So her walking through the streets caused fear. So she decided to leave her house only if necessary. And then years and even decades passed and the rumors of Carmen spread, which eventually the rumors reached the ears of the Holy Inquisition, which oh, we talked about we last year. Yep. Who, as we've said before, they didn't even investigate. It was no. just they just believed the chatter that Carmen was a witch. They stick their fucking nose where they're not invited. Exactly. So one night, a mob a mob, armed with machetes, forks, and torches in hand, you know, just like... Mm-hmm. Angry, <laughs> you know? angry. What are those called? Angry angry mob, but... Yes. A this torch is, something. This stereotypical angry mob yeah. walked through the streets of Guanajuato to reach the, the little cabecita alley. And the group was led by royalist priests and soldiers, and they broke into her home. And then the court found her guilty of witchcraft and having made a pact with the devil and her death warrant was signed. Carmen's hands were tied and her family begged them to hang a rosary and a scapular around her neck. And they say that at that moment she stopped looking young as if the spell had been broken. And Mm -hmm. the witch, quote unquote, was locked in a cage, which was secured with a thick chain and padlock. And the sentence was to be carried out and she was buried alive at the age of 100. Oh, poor Carmen. Yeah. So that's the legend as it circulates for for years. Yeah. 
and today in her display case, because you can see her today, she's on. She's one of the ones that's on display. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's surrounded by a rusty and blessed chain to prevent her quote unquote escape for continuing to do her witchcraft. Additionally, she is filled with scapulars that her family supposedly put on put on her to help her soul be forgiven for the damage she caused by bewitching herself. I'm going to tell you, I think the only, I think where she took a wrong turn when she, after she got done walking through the city, right. Mm -hmm. All like her Leo was all on like, look at me, look at me. And then she went back to her house and sequestered herself. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. You know what you need to do then pack your bags and get the hell out of town and start a new life in a new part of Mexico where nobody knows you. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's that's the only criticism that I would have. So there are some modern, so there's some more recent things that have happened that there are security cameras that face the display of of her. Mm-hmm. And it has been detected that it moves sometimes, mm-hmm. which I'm like, well, maybe like the decomposition is kind of happening and it sh- shifts. And especially if she's like being propped up. I don't know. Um, but this I thought was kind of interesting. So in 2009, the Mexican government lent some of these mummies to be exhibited in the United States. And upon their return to Mexico City was the moment the mummy hit the, these mummies hit the ground, mm-hmm. a 5.8 magnitude earthquake was recorded in the city. Oh, they're mad. Yeah. 5.8. That's a lot. Yeah, that's not just a little. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Okay. But here's where we kind of get to clear up her story. Okay. So there is this woman. She's a biochemical engineer with a master's degrees in arts. Her name is Paloma Locayo. And she actually did some research to try to identify this, this quote unquote, witch woman and see like, what is the historically correct version of the story? Like what, mm-hmm. what actually happened? So she was actually able to connect through through this book. Uh, there was a book uh, that is regarding the data to form the history uh, of the city of Guanajuato. And it was written in 1862. So she found there's a relationship between the legend and then there's a story in this book of an actual historical event that did happen. So the thing is, is that Carmen was not the, her name. Her real name was Tranquilina Ramirez. And the idea that she is, that she was a witch has no basis. Right. And actually the story was of a woman who lost her life at the hands of her husband. So here's what the quote is in the book. A horrific crime shocked the city of Guanajuato in an extraordinary way. Doña Tranquilina Ramirez, a person with a commendable background, wakes up dead, which I'm like, wait, wait you can't wake up dead, right. mm-hmm. but okay. But you, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, right. Uh, and her corpse hanging from the ceiling of her room. Uh, Public opinion designates the perpetrator as her husband, Mr. Francisco Tejada, who is immediately taken to prison and immediately sentenced to a final punishment. And the sentence is carried out even though the prisoner never confessed mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to the crime. Well, I don't, I mean, th- that doesn't sound like due cause to me. Right, I know. <laughs> sounds, yeah. sounds like that was a miscarriage of justice in itself. Yes. Even though he may very well be, ju- be, le- be guilty. Sure, sure. Uh, but the reason why they associate 
Tranquilina Ramirez with the witch is because the person from this story has three elements that are visible on the mummy today. So one, the scapular, the rosary, mm -hmm. and then that she was a married woman because there she has jewelry on her on her wedding finger. And so they then the and the witch story doesn't explain that, but this story does. Yeah. So all this is to say is don't take legends around quote unquote witch women to be historically accurate. Because as we discovered in last year's series around the Salem witch trials, it's usually just men doing dumb shit. Or you're a very smart, educated woman who decides to debunk some nonsense about mm. how a woman is beautiful and vain and evil. Yep. Exactly. So, okay, first off, that's an amazing story. I love that. Um, few things pop up. How come people didn't steal her wedding finger off of her ring, off of her, or steal her finger or wedding ring, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. over the years? If she mm -hmm. was, was she behind the, was she um, encased behind a I believe the there were time? signs of a wedding ring. I don't think she ha actually had the physical wedding ring on. Okay. All yeah. Right. Um. The other thing is the, the when you look at the difference between the true story, which is mm -hmm. simply, you know, it's mystery death and a husband that more than likely did it mm -hmm. um, versus all the bullshit these that people made up. You know, <laughs> oh, she was vain and she walked around the streets and, and she, she hexed these men. She <laughs> had, oh, fuck off. Right. And, but it was you know still a cool story. Like, OK. Yes. Yes. So, very cool. So, till this day, the mummies of Guanajuato continue to be a major tourist draw for the town, wow. especially during Halloween and All Souls Day or Dia de los Muertos. But also in 1970, there was a Mexican horror film called Santo versus the Mummies of Guanajuato, which came out. And so, have you ever seen the Luchador movies? Is that um, okay? So, the colonized version is. Um, Nacho Libre? Yes, yes. So the Nacho Libre is based <laughs> off of like this idea. Yes, yes. So yes. so Santo Santo was like the he was like probably like the most famous of all the luchadores. And so there was this movie that came out starring Santo and he battles the mummies of Guanajuato. Um and so when that movie came out, it boosted tourism to the museum like big time. And and it's essentially just kind of maintained. Um so it is some people considered exploitation of of corpses and others cherish it as a, you know, a, a central attraction that brings people into the town and it's part of the city's cultural heritage. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of people who see it as an unethical commercial exploitation of dead I mean, people. it is. It is. It's, it, but it's both. It's both. Too, but then also, right, both. you know what I mean? Like, Yes. You know, give these the, they're 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 dead human bodies. Like, let them yeah. rest in peace, man. Yeah, the mummies the mummies of Guanajuato bring the biggest economic income to the municipality after property taxes. It is really? one of the most popular tourist attractions in the region. Uh, it generates approximately two million in annual revenue for them, and around six hundred thousand visitors a year. Wow, that's cool. So, in that, so those visitors are staying someplace, they're eating someplace, they're drinking, they're you know right. doing other things, they're shopping and somewhere. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's yes. good. I mean, I, yeah, if I were going down there, I would totally hit that up. Right. Okay. So the Federal Institute, the National Institute of Anthropology and History, the INAH, which 
that in itself has there are criticisms of that institution itself because sometimes they kind of overstep boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but they stated that it is worrisome that they're that these bodies are still being exhibited without the safeguards for the public against biohazards. Uh, right. Uh, because they warned of signs of a proliferation of possible fungus colonies, even though they did not specify what kind of fungus. So we're not really sure because as of now, they're displayed behind glass. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard to say whether that's enough to protect people from the possible fungus that could be growing on these. It could turn into a what's uh, Last of Us situation mm-hmm. where they, yeah. they walk out of their giant mushrooms. Yes. I don't know. I mean, I take the risk. And also, don't you think that something would have happened by now? If, exactly. I mean, it's been a very right. long time. Right. Um, I, these these organizations are just trying to take away, you know, the cool and the macabre. Mm hmm. So uh, the museum holds 111 corpses, as I stated before, of which 59 are currently on display. Uh, their ages range from those disinterred from 1870. And like I said, some sources state 2002 to 2004, which I'm like, that's oh. alarming. <laughs> right. That's very alarming that it was allowed. Yes, that it was allowed. But it's that, you know, it goes back to fucking death and taxes, I guess. Yeah. And that is the story of the mummies of Guanajuato. Thank you. That is a the first um, awesome story in our month of spooky season. Yes. That was cool. That was super cool. I love learning about things that I didn't know of. When I went to Rome, um, I think I've mentioned this before, all, all of the other people that I went with went to the Vatican. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had my past life in there and I was like I'm never fucking going there again right in my past life so I'm like I, I don't care about the Vatican so I yes. decided to do an underground a tour of the catacombs of Rome oh you went yes and I went by myself and um they take you to this cemetery right and then you mm-hmm. go deep underground it was seven stories underground so there's seven yeah. layers of catacombs yep. I've and heard started of this. in the yes. seven I think wow and um it really was they were just these very narrow tunnels uh-huh. and um it was pretty much single file and then like maybe they were stacked like maybe five or ten tall and mm-hmm. they were tiny I mean, maybe a foot high, if that, and maybe, oh my God, I don't know, uh, maybe two feet long. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there going, first off, how did these people fit in there? Well, Number they were one, much smaller, yeah. much smaller, but you know, there, and there were people, there were, they had been toured so long mm-hmm. um, and they were ancient. So there were scribblings and etched into the stone from like, you know, 1200s, 1300s, 1400s, 50, all the way up to, you know, now, but they didn't really let you do it now and you get in trouble if you did it now, but it was literally one of the coolest experiences. So I did that. And then um, when I was done there, I went to um, a wax, a medical wax museum um, where it was for medical students and they did mm-hmm. reproductions of anatomy, human anatomy. Oh, and then they okay. had them under glass and stuff, but they were so that medical students could learn. So, Oh, yeah, that was one of my favorite things to do, but it's, you know, similar. They weren't mummies, but um, yeah. So um, on my favorite murder, they recently did an episode about the origin of the bodies exhibit. Yes. The, I've, I've seen that exhibit. I saw it in Detroit. You have. Yeah. It was a pretty, it was a very interesting story of how those 
bodies came to you know to possession and how they ended mm-hmm. up being on display and all that stuff and and there's like rumors around some of them being belong bodies belonging to prisoners and they were you know not really take not taken with consent of <laughs> huh. when the person was still alive so yeah, yeah. So it's always a little problematic stuff with any time you uh you get into displaying human remains it's, it's yes. a weird it's a weird thing yeah, that's a cool exhibit and I recommend it 100% if it ever comes to you or anybody listening out there, um, definitely. It was cool. I mean, it's it's like bisections of the human yeah. body in yeah. various parts and it's just, it blows your mind, especially when they show you the nervous um, <laughs> the nervous system or mm-hmm. um, our, our nerves mm-hmm. fully mm-hmm. and completely. We are Eesh. nothing but a cluster of yes. red strings. Yep throughout our entire body it's 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 fucking mind-blowing it's really cool yeah it is that was awesome fee that was really good i'm excited um for the 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 next uh, episodes that are coming up yes the spooky season continues i love spooky season yesterday um after brunch i was like it was gorgeous i mean it was like 65 degrees and sunny and blue skies and breezy it was like perfect fall weather and I hitched a ride with one of my friends and they're not very adventurous right Mm -hmm. and I was like let's go to the pumpkin patch let's go to the farmer's market it was Sunday at like one o'clock dude let's go do some fun yeah oh I need a nap I'm like (laughs) I mean I love naps but also if I'm out and doing stuff like I'll skip my nap (laughs) right right spooky season October yeah well friends that means it's time to say goodbye. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share on your stories. That's really important. Um, and also subscribe to us and leave us a review. We would love that if you would leave us a review, even if it's just a thumbs up, like yes. you guys, these girls are awesome. Listen to them. This helps our podcast like get attention and grow. And you know, it helps the algorithms and all that. So if we grow, then that means we have the ability to do this work even at even bigger levels. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. If someone wants to put you on display at a museum, just say no. 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 All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.